Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 75, and the topic for today is bullying. And I'm delighted to have with me on this podcast series and this particular podcast episode on this topic, a fourth-year university student by the name of George Janateus. Welcome, George. Thank you so much for having me, Carl. I'm really, really glad to be here. I should probably also explain a little bit to everyone listening sort of what the connection was here. We had, as we usually do on the Facebook group for this podcast series, which is available at facebook.com slash lifehabits, another discussion of the prioritization of topics that have been suggested to be dealt with and the order in which we do them. And this topic of bullying and overall peer pressure went to the top of the list. And it was at the same time that I also saw George's updates on Facebook, because he's a friend of my daughter's, talking about this topic of bullying, cyberbullying in particular. And so I thought, hey, these things are appropriate to sync up. And all the things that uh, George was doing really inspired me, a young person like himself, uh, taking on the various things that he's been taking on. So I thought, hey, this is a great uh, opportunity to have George on the show and talk about the topic of bullying. So George, maybe just to get started, just learn a little bit more about you and what you're studying, maybe a little bit about these youth talks that I've heard about as well. Maybe just give us a little bit of background. Okay, so I am a fourth year concurrent education student at York University. So I'm studying to be a high school teacher. I do eventually want to be a guidance counselor, though, in a high school setting. And I'm also an inspirational speaker and founder of a youth program initiative called George's Youth Talk. So basically what that is, it's an initiative that focuses on sharing our personal stories with ourselves and each other to foster empathy and understanding in our schools and communities. So basically what I what I will be doing is traveling to schools and community centers and also to conferences in the community just to conduct various talks and workshops on issues affecting youth. So, for example, what I will be doing next month is I'm going to the Peace and Justice Conference at OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, and I'm going to do a workshop on building safer schools and communities through social media. So I do a lot of those kinds of things as well. I also do a lot of launching of events that focus on these issues just to help raise awareness. And I also really focus this Youth Talk initiative on sharing our stories with each other. And I've always found that whenever we talk about what we're going through or how we're feeling, it instantly starts the healing process. It allows somebody to be there for you, allows you to lean on somebody. And I think whenever I've gone through something that was difficult, I think the best thing for me was to talk about it with myself first and then talk about it with the people I love. So I really wanted to make this this initiative just so that we can really let people know how powerful it is to tell our stories and to share who we are with each other and create in a safe space, in a safe environment where we can feel comfortable doing that. That sounds like a great initiative. And you're doing some really good work. I, I saw some examples of some of your YouTube videos as well. And maybe toward the end of the session, we can also give everybody the coordinates for how to get into and get connected with the various things that you're doing as well, George. But on this topic of bullying, maybe we can just sort of establish the definition of what bullying is. Bullying is when someone does or says something to hurt someone else. So there's intent. It's usually always done on purpose. 
it's really about someone making feel small and powerless. And also, we can we have to remember that both individuals and groups can do it. Okay. So it's really about um, intentionally wanting to hurt somebody else. Okay. And so you also uh, gathered in our conversations before we started, sought out some input from your peers and the like and well, as well, and got some sense of the topics that are on their minds, as you were saying earlier, and this topic came up. And we also know, and I know you have available some sense of how prevalent this is. This is like a really significant challenge, right? It really is. Um, actually, approximately 10 to 15% of preteens and teenagers report being physically or verbally bullied at least once per week. And nearly half of all children in grades 4 to 7 are bullied at least once per month. And also, 9 out of 10 gay youth are bullied for their sexuality, and one-third of them skip uh, at least one day of school per month. Also, youth with disabilities are two to three times more likely to be bullied. And 45% of youth do not feel safe at school. So that's a huge number of students who don't even feel safe going to school every day. And so that's something that we really need to keep in mind. And also, those affected by bullying are upwards of 10 times more likely to consider suicide. So just by a few of these statistics alone, we can see how prevalent the effects of bullying are and how dangerous it can really be for people. So we have to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to ensure that these these numbers drop significantly because they are very, very high. One of the most significant sort of phenomena, I, I would suggest, especially in young people's lives, but, but also stress the fact that while it's most prevalent and probably the most kind of damaging during those early stages of life, that bullying still applies in many, many other areas of life as well, right? In the workplace, there's a fair bit of that going on. There's also even in homes, within families. I mean, this is something that is prevalent across all aspects of life. And so I think it's one that we want to work through and really Maybe we can get into a little bit of a, a sense of the types of bullying that we're talking about here. Like you mentioned, bullying can happen at any time and it can take many forms. So there's five types of bullying that I want to go through. So mm -hmm. the first one is physical bullying. So this is just hurting someone's body or their belongings. So this could involve punching, kicking, spitting, or even destroying someone's belongings like a bike or iPod. The second one is verbal bullying, and this is anything one could say to hurt somebody. So this would be name-calling, ridiculing, or even making threats to physically hurt somebody. The next one is social or emotional bullying, and this is using your friends or other relationships against somebody else. So this is spreading rumors, gossiping, or even excluding somebody from the group. So this is really interesting because it may not be a direct attack, but it still can affect the person. So you're not verbally name-calling them, but you are doing things like spreading rumors, gossiping, which can still have a huge impact and really negatively affect the situation as well. We also have sexual harassment. So this is saying or doing something to make someone feel uncomfortable about their body or sexuality. So this is touching somebody in a sexual way when it's unwanted. It's also making fun of somebody for being gay, lesbian, transgendered, or questioning. So we have to keep that in mind as well. The last one, uh, which is kind of near and dear to my heart, is cyberbullying. So this is using technology like a computer to hurt someone. It can incorporate other forms of bullying as well. So this could be verbal, emotional, or sexual. So you could be texting somebody, name-calling them, things like that. So this is a very interesting one because it can take many forms. So this is sending mean emails and text messages, posting embarrassing photos on social networking sites like Facebook or even Twitter. 
It could even be creating websites to mock others. A personal story of mine, I knew somebody in high school who was um, receiving anonymous text messages of somebody who just kept harassing them nonstop. And the worst part about it was she didn't know who this person was or eventually who these people were. And that made it difficult because it was hard to pinpoint how to resolve the situation without knowing who that person was. So there is a, a level of anonymity when you're dealing with cyberbullying potentially, so we have to keep that in mind as well. I mean, eventually we figured out who those people were that were doing that, but it really took a lot longer to come up with a conclusion with that situation that made it very difficult for her for such a long period of time. So cyberbullying is not necessarily new, but I feel like it's a prevalent issue. And this is something that I was talking to many students in high school and middle schools about what are the issues that are affecting youth today? And the most prominent answer was cyberbullying. It strikes me that most of the research that's been done has shown that people who are anonymous are going to be more cruel and will be uninhibited in what they do. There's also research that shows that whether or not it's anonymous, if it's somehow distant from you, so on a computer, on a, on a social networking site, people feel like they can say anything they want. And so combine those two things with the fact that bullying in general goes on, the types that you, the other four types that you mentioned, they seem to manifest themselves into an even more challenging problem with our totally connected world of, like you say, the Facebooks and the Twitters, as well as texting and the like that's available at all times and all states of, of mind uh, that people are in, you know, as well. So huge potential to, I guess, also impact anybody that's just slightly different or slightly a focus for uh, something can now be targeted for that and online as you've suggested is probably even a more uh, significant problem than some of the other ways that are still important as well so it's obviously a significant problem you've i think very effectively articulated the types of of bullying that there is the particular focus on and your particular passion too with regard to eliminating uh, cyber bullying maybe we can go next uh, George into what are the signs of bullying and knowing that it's actually going on? Some of the signs that are significant and that you can see when someone is being bullied, that person does not want to go to school or participate in any extracurricular activities. Um, they are anxious, fearful. They exhibit low self-esteem and make negative comments about him or herself. They tend to say that they have a lot of headaches and stomach aches, partially maybe because they don't. they need an excuse to not go to school. So they'll complain about other things just to make sure that they may not be able to go to school. They could be losing things. They may need money. They may report being hungry after school. There are visible injuries, bruising, damaged clothing, or their belongings have been broken or damaged in some way. Basically, they're unhappy, irritable. They have little interest in activities, trouble sleeping, nightmares, even bedwetting, and also expressing threats to hurt themselves or other people. So those are some of the signs. And the one thing that I wanted to mention before about cyberbullying is that it can happen at any time. So not just at school, not just at a certain place. It can happen at any time. You can wake up and receive a text message or a post on Facebook about somebody saying something about you or to you. And that's really frightening to know that it can happen in the middle of the night, in the morning, in the afternoon. So we have to keep that in mind as well. But those are some of the signs that bullying is occurring. 
So we have the signs, we've got the sort of the importance of it and sort of what bullying is. And I might also add, when you describe the various sort of signs and symptoms and indications and the like, that whether people that are listening are, you know, students themselves, whether they're parents of students, whether also even in a work setting, you know, you've got, you're a manager and you have noticed that a particular employee is exhibiting similar symptoms that you just described as well, George. I think all of those are indications that you need to go and investigate further and look to eliminate or prevent bullying. And maybe we can go into that next. In terms of how to eliminate bullying, I believe that the focus should be on bullying prevention initiatives. It's all about changing the social climate of our schools and communities and our workplaces. So what I mean is I want to encourage both youth and adults to open up their hearts and minds to the diversity that exists within their community. So when I mean community, it could the city that they live, where they work, the school that they go to, just opening up their hearts and minds to the great diversity that exists there. So I live in Toronto, for example, so the community itself is so diverse. So just stepping out of your own backyard and trying to experience new things, whether it is going to even just going to like a new restaurant or a festival that's happening downtown, just doing those things allows you to embrace difference more and be more open to that. And so that translates into becoming more accepting of people from all walks of life. Also, in terms of schools, what I would suggest is in in terms of bullying prevention and changing the social climate, really allow for more opportunities for self-expression. This is why I think arts education is so important. So I would suggest that schools have more things like poetry contests, more clubs, more opportunities for students to express themselves. And I think a lot of the times what tends to happen is we feel as though whatever we're going through, we're the only ones going through that. And that's totally not, and that's not the case at all. And so really what I believe is try to make what appears to be the unrelatable relatable. The idea that no one understands what you're going through, I have found to be really prevalent. And that's what a lot of youth today feel that they're the only ones going through that. So allowing for more opportunities for self, self-expression self allows for not only the person expressing themselves, but also the listeners, people looking at their art, hearing them speak. All of those things allow for a dialogue to open up about these issues and it lets them express who they are as a person and allows for people to begin to have the opportunity to accept them for who they are. But really, it's about making sure that you're doing whatever you can in order to prevent bullying from happening. When I see an issue of, or an incident of bullying, my belief is that the responsibility should not just be on the person who's bullying, it should be everybody's responsibility because it does affect everybody. That incident can change the climate of the school. So everybody should take responsibility for ensuring that these kinds of incidents don't happen at their school. So everybody can take part, and this includes students, teachers, other staff, and in the workplace, managers, employees, it doesn't matter. Everybody can take part in creating and developing initiatives that suit that school, suit that workplace, suit that community. Yeah, consistent with a number of the topics that people who have listened to this podcast series, George, have also been listening to the whole focus on diversity, understanding other people better. We've talked about methods of 
actually trying to subscribe to things that you don't normally read or view that may be opposite in the particular perspective that you have on a topic that you try to understand the uh, the other side, trying to be more compassionate. Those are the kind of topics we've dealt with here. But I think what you're saying as well is that the way to prevent this kind of thing is to realize that the real rich tapestry of our lives, when they're filled with all kinds of differences and people that come from different perspectives and are different from ourselves, you know, celebrating that is a way to combat the fundamentals of what leads to bullying, which is this whole thing that you're not like this, you know, somewhat idealized notion of the average person if you're different in some way. And so if we're going to be celebrating that diversity, then, uh, and you have people truly believing that, then you're preventing the, the very situation that leads to bullying in the first place. And I think it's great a situation. Suggestion. And I would also suggest that as people get sort of a better perspective on that, and parents in particular, I think, have a great opportunity to do this, that trying to, whenever they were, were to hear somebody say something about somebody else being different, to actually pursue that topic and say, well, you know, if it's a particular a sexual orientation or if it's a, somebody from a different part of the world, if it's, you know, it's somebody that is heavier, somebody that isn't attractive, somebody that doesn't have necessarily a lot of money to buy the latest, you know, fashions. I mean, any of those kinds of things, you know, would lead to some level of bullying. I think if the parent were to also try to provide not only their in themselves, and it has to start with themselves, truly believing in trying to embrace a difference, to, but to also you know, instill that in their kids as well is going to go a long way to prevention. And prevention is always better than trying to do remediation or trying to fix after the fact. But if we've already gotten ourselves into a situation where bullying is happening, George, what does the person that's being bullied or what can they do? Well, what they can first do is try to see if they can talk to somebody that they trust. So this can inc- include their parents, a friend, a teacher, or even a counselor or a coach. So there are services available for that person to talk to. There's also tons of other resources within the community that they can use. So what they can do actually is they can go to their guidance counselor at school and pick up or ask them about resources that are available in the community. There's also tons of resources uh, online that I can send over to you later if you'd like, Mm -hmm. so you can post as well. Remember that confiding in somebody is not the same as tattling, especially when it it comes to your safety, and that we we have to differentiate the two. This is could potentially be a dangerous situation, so we need to ensure that whatever is happening is addressed to somebody who can handle it. So what you do with that person is work out a plan to put an end to it together. So both parties are now involved, so it's not just in the hands of one person. You're still asking that person who is being bullied what they think it would be a good idea and how to deal with it appropriately. At the end of the day, it still is about that person, and you want to make sure that they are, are comfortable with the action that's carried out afterwards. Also, you can even contact an authority like a school principal or the police, depending on the situation as well. So really, it's about talking to people that you, you trust, and they can help you decide what would be the best solution for whatever is happening. So that's where the person themselves are being bullied. And so you're basically saying, reach out to somebody else. If you're in school, to another authority figure, I I would also suggest to choose that person kind of wisely. Maybe make sure that whatever it is that's the topic uh, of the bullying, make sure that that person would likely be a supportive 
person and won't be part of the problem saying, well, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we all get that. No, you don't want somebody like that. You want to have somebody that's going to be appropriately supportive. Now, obviously a principal will be, and you know, there are obviously various people, but all I'm saying is a little bit of care in choosing who you approach would be, you know, relevant. And you've already pointed out earlier too, George, the notion of even just telling somebody else about it, then you, you're not, you don't have it all bottled up inside you uh, either. And so that's, that's a long way toward, you know, starting to get a sense of, well, you know, I'm not in this alone and a lot of people are going through this, but yeah, getting somebody else on your side to go through this together. And as you said as well, there's a wide range of types of bullying and some types of bullying wouldn't absolutely have to involve the police as well. But basically going through an authority kind of figure, especially in a school environment and in a, in a work environment, I would suggest an immediate manager, unless that manager somehow is involved in it, and then you might go to that manager's manager or go to the HR uh, department, that kind of thing. And so I think there's a variety of ways to deal with that. If it's happening inside a family, I think you'd also you know, want to, again, that's a very difficult one to deal with, but there again, you want to approach uh, a, some family member, an aunt, an uncle, as somebody that you can, you can trust, that you can work through this uh, together with as well. But the overall advice here uh, that George, you're giving, and I think is a very good advice is to not deal with this on your own. Make sure that you are involving an appropriate other authority type figure. Very, very, very good advice. And so the other part that often is at play here with bullying is the notion that it's not just the person having to deal with it. There's oftentimes other people around. And what kind of advice can you give to sort of bystanders or people that are observing, if there's people that are listening to this that know some bullying's going on and they occasionally see that, what should they do? Well, the one thing that I would first and foremost suggest is do not be a silent silent witness. You don't want to just stand there and watch because that makes it even worse for that person that's being targeted. You would want somebody to have your back if you were the one getting bullied. You would want somebody to be there to support you. So another thing to keep in mind is don't watch and laugh. And I think for me, that's even worse than doing nothing Mm -hmm. because now you're condoning that behavior and you're allowing it to happen as well. If you find that it's too hard to speak out at that moment, what you can do is send an anonymous note to school staff. You don't have to say who you are, but you can tell them what is happening. And then that, and the school staff or wherever the situation is occurring, they can now t- take action and figure out what's going on. So if you feel like it's too difficult for you or you don't want to be known to be doing that, then I would even say send an anonymous note. Also, keep in mind that if you are going to get involved, I would say be assertive, not aggressive. You don't want to start fighting at all. You don't want to start fighting the person too because that also makes the situation worse. Also, I I really like this one. Invite the person being targeted to leave the situation with you. That they're after being bullied, they're not leaving by themselves. And that's really important because not only are you helping them find a way out, but you're also giving them the opportunity to talk to you about whatever they're going through and how they're feeling. And I think that's very important, especially when you've just removed yourself from a situation where bullying has occurred the best thing to do is talk about how you're feeling and and not let that bottle up. Also, you can do is encourage the person who's being targeted to get help from somebody. And this could be within the school or within the workplace. So like a guidance counselor, teacher or manager or things like that to ensure that, you know, they're going there and you can go with them as well. If they need someone for support so they don't go by themselves, you can be that person. So there's so many things that, bystanders can do and you can be an active 
bystander in the sense that you are going to take action in ways that are going to help the person. You're not going to stand there. You're actually going to do things to ensure that they are okay afterwards. And even just being there for that person sometimes is enough. Yeah, having one other person even just go the other direction and, and not be supportive of what goes on is so incredibly important, as you say, George. And I think, you know, the whole notion that if you're silent, you're endorsing, right, uh, what's going on. And if you do something, you're improving the situation. Yes, you have to watch if it's a physical and, you know, violent situation. You have to watch out for your own safety as you're intimating as well. I think the other uh, aspect to all of this is that there are ways to diffuse situations as well. And if you can be the person in that crowd, that's not going to be the, you know, the weak one that's just going to stand back and let everything happen. If you're the one that's actually going to speak up and use techniques that will really diffuse the situation. Some of the time, some level of humor can, some of the time you have to watch it because it can even escalate it, but you have to be <laughs> careful about that. But, but you can also bring everybody else into it. If it's a matter of saying, hey, no, no, come on, let's stop this and get everybody else to sort of uh, follow you on that in a physical sort of environment. The other one that I wanted to sort of just get into as well, a lot of these examples are the physical ones. The other one that I know is a passion of yours is the getting rid of uh, cyberbullying. There's a lot of bystanders when you think about it, oh, cyberbullying, yes. right? A lot of university students, my experience, have like more than a thousand or so, certainly many, many hundreds of people that are on their Facebook profiles as friends. And these are friends that see these comments come flying through their feed. And I've seen cyberbullying. I've also stepped in at times and I've noticed and I'm particularly impressed by the techniques that a number of other students will take to diffuse situations. Somebody's really hammering away at somebody else and somebody else just come in and diffuse the situation by saying, oh, come on, just uh, chill out. or let, And then everybody else sort of goes to that person's defense too and saying, yeah, come on, let's keep this positive. And, and I've seen that on one of the online spaces that has probably more bullying than anything is YouTube, partly because it's so anonymous, but just tends to be the environment where negativity tends to be a real feature. And I know Google is trying hard now to eliminate that and even trying to ensure or get rid of essentially anonymous uh, accounts and the like by trying to encourage the use of their own authentication and the like. So you're actually known when you're making comments. That'll go partly way to uh, fix the problem. But there too, you see this insightful, brilliant kind of person coming in and diffusing a situation and not letting everybody just carry on and pile on. And so there's got to be the situations that we talked about a minute ago that were physical. Yes, those are, are important to deal with in the way we've talked about here. But I think the cyber case has got to be even more pervasive in the sense of mm -hmm. actually seeing it going on. Yeah, do you have any other further thoughts on that, George? Well, in terms of cyberbullying, the internet is also an, a community itself. Right. And so when I'm talking about, you know, changing the community to foster empathy and understanding, I'm also including the online community. And so what I see on things like on apps like Facebook and even Twitter and YouTube, mm -hmm. cyberbullying is really prevalent. There are millions of bystanders, not even in the hundreds and thousands. We're in the millions at this point. And so... It really gives us the opportunity to address issues and change the social climate of these online communities as well because we use them every day all the time. So we have to make sure that that also is a safe space as well for many people who are using those apps. Essentially, I saw this issue and I wanted to do something about it and get everybody involved. So basically what I started up 
is an event, an online event called Cyber Compassion Day, which is happening on September 4th, which is the first day of school for many people. So essentially what people are going to do is they're going to log in, log on into their social networking sites like Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram, and they're going to send messages of positivity, compassion, kindness to their friends, their followers, things like that. And that's a way to not only raise awareness on issues like cyberbullying, it's also getting everybody involved, making everybody responsible for the safety of each other. It's also ensuring that students start on a bright, positive note to the school year. And so I know for the first day of school, for many students, can be very frightening, very scary, especially if you're starting at a new school and you don't know what's going to happen, what you're going to get yourself into or what to expect. This would be a really great way to start school. And it's also a great way to ensure that we use these apps and we can use these apps to really make somebody feel good about themselves. It's very easy to do. It's very accessible for many people just to go on somebody's wall and type something really nice about them. It's very easy. It's very accessible. And it really makes a huge difference, a huge impact on that person for somebody else to say something nice to somebody. What I really wanted to do is create an event where people are actively, consciously going to think about what they're going to say to those people and, and actually say it and do it. And so my hope is that it does reach many people and it actually has. We have almost 600 people who are officially attending the event which is a huge number, especially since this is the first sort of event that I've started. So it's great to see huge numbers like that. And really, I have to thank everybody who got involved because they joined. And then what they did was invited their friends and their friends invited their friends. So we started this huge chain reaction of positivity. And it's really stretched far and really great to see. And there's tons of places around the world that have uh, noticed Cyber Compassion Day. So, for example, the Trevor Project which is an incredible organization in the U.S., are helping to promote Cyber Compassion Day. We also have universities that have recognized it in Canada that are supporting the event as well. So it's really great to see that everybody's playing a part, everyone has their role, and they're all really excited to share messages of positivity with each other. And if you think about it, you send three messages, even just a minimum of three messages, and think about all these people doing that, so many people are going to have positive messages on Tuesday. So I'm really, really excited to, to see what happens and all the great things that people are going to say to each other and how they're going to say it too. I'm really excited to see how they're going to do it. I think this is brilliant, George. And I really celebrate and congratulate you for having come up with this idea, a Cyber Compassion Day. And I would suggest it's great to have uh, uh, for the first day of school. Like you say, it's a really sort of stressful day for most students. So it's a great day to start it. But I would also suggest that people continue this on, that have this as the first practice of starting to do this in a more positive and compassionate way, but to really carry on from there as well. Think about, and this goes for everyone that's on the social networks, think about how much of the time you're saying things that are positive, how many times are you saying things that are positive versus negative with regard to other people's stuff, even when you do, like on Facebook, likes. When somebody says something that they had a great day, like that, you know, comment, just simply be more positive and don't just sit back and not uh, contribute in cases like that. So the notion here and the proposal, and uh, there's also a site on Facebook that people can go to, a, a group. Uh, do you want to give the coordinates for that? 
what you can do is you can go on my website mm-hmm. at ca. so G-E-O-R-G-E-J-A-N-E-T-E-A-S.ca, and there's all the links there for everyone to join. So the link for my Facebook fan page is there, for my Twitter, for my YouTube channel, as well as the event to Cyber Compassion Day. That's also there. So you can click on all those. It's just right on the homepage. So you can just click there and you can join. And then what I would suggest is after you've joined, invite all of your friends, your entire friends list to join and participate. And that's a compassionate act in itself <laughs> to encourage exactly. your friends to do the same. So I think this is brilliant and uh, suggest everybody go there and I'll include the URL in the show notes for this episode as well. And so more generally on that day, as well as beyond the 4th of September, and I know people listen to these podcasts for many months and, and years after the fact. So I want to make this more general as well, that in general, just try to encourage positivity, especially in social networking environments in the ways that uh, George has been describing. So just before we finish up, so we've talked about, you know, what parents and other leaders can do, sort of understanding this overall topic and what uh, people that are being bullied as well as people that are bystanders. But, you know, what about the bully themselves? I mean, there are obviously a lot of people out there that are doing this bullying. They may not even be, you know, fully aware of that they're doing it or the impact that it's having and the like. George, what can bullies do? Most of the time, those who are bullying recognize that they are doing. They're, it's done on purpose. So they know full well what they're doing. So the, it's easier said than done. But try to walk away from situations where you want to bully somebody. And a lot of the time, bullying arises from peer pressure from other people telling somebody to bully somebody else mm-hmm. or just to join in on the bullying So try your best to resist peer pressure. Essentially, nobody can tell you what to do in those kinds of situations, in those circumstances. Try to, you know, develop a social circle that will ensure that you don't get yourself involved in those kinds of situations. And I like this one. Try using your energy in positive ways. And this could be playing sports or doing another activity. And as I mentioned before, ways to express yourself. And I find that the arts, for example, is a really, really great way to do that. So use your energy towards something positive. And that could be writing a song or writing a poem or just writing a journal, even talking to somebody. I know for myself, if I'm ever, you know, going through a difficult time, I like to write music. And Mm -hmm. after I write a song and it gives me clarity on the situation and helps me kind of to evaluate what's going on and how I feel. I think a lot of the times we, we, tend to forget that we need to share our stories and how we feel with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We tend to kind of put it to the side and I'll deal with it later. I don't want to deal with it. And it manifests itself into, into just something different or more dangerous or something worse. So the best thing that, you know, someone who's bullying can do can just sit with themselves and figure out how they're feeling. And I don't really like to use the word bully or victim because I feel like those terms are very limiting to that person. Mm-hmm. So, even the person that's being called a bully, I feel, you know, in, in its own weird way, it's bullying that person too, mm-hmm. because now you've limited them to this, the notion that they're, this is just who they are. They are somebody that just picks on other people or does things to harm other people. And I don't think anybody really wants to be that person. There are other circumstances or reasons why somebody may be bullying somebody else. We have to also ensure that we're doing whatever we can to not only help the person who was targeted, but also help the person who is bullying as well. Because chances are they probably are being bullied and by somebody else. Also, apologize to the people you've hurt. 
even if it means, like I said before, sending an anonymous note, because it allows you to forgive yourself if you feel like you know you've what you've done was wrong. Apologizing to that person let them lets them know that you're sorry and you know you didn't mean to do that. And I think that really goes a long way. And most times, that person who's receiving the apology will accept it. That's what they really want to hear. So if you are bullying, try to keep those things in mind. And like you mentioned before, it definitely can happen anywhere at any time, even in the workplace. And my advice for the workplace is that because I've experienced it myself at the workplace, the best thing that you can do is try to have, depending on the situation, of course, is try to have an open dialogue with that person in, in a professional way, just to outline what each other feels. Because I, think to, I tend to think that a lot of the time it's a lot of miscommunication that seems to be the reason why there's so much animosity. So if you're able to just go up to that person and just have you know a calm conversation about what each other is feeling, most often than not, you're going to probably resolve the situation and you're probably going to realize that there's a, a huge misunderstanding or huge miscommunication that occurred within the workplace. That is the reason why there was tension or something had happened. So just to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I think the notion of realizing the impact that, like you said, people that are bullying would normally know that they are doing that. But also, I think getting an appreciation, as you have said earlier as well, of the impact that it's having and also getting to know more about that person, right? Which is really the communication that you're describing. We talked earlier about people that are different often that are, that are bullied. Well, find out about that person that's different. What makes them tick? What are the things that, that are horrible in their life, including the bullying you're doing, that can get a different perspective about the situation? And that person would likely be bullying less if they were to be more aware of sort of the impact and also who it is that's behind whatever stereotype typically they're bullying, the fat kid or it's the gay kid or whatever, that if you get to actually understand what those people are, are all about and what, what, what challenges they're having. And like you said as well, they're likely being bullied in a way themselves for some other way that they're different. <laughs> There's way too much of this going around. Everybody has to step back a bunch more and really get to appreciate each other more and basically be more compassionate as an overall society as well. Now, we're almost finished up here, George, but there's one final category of people that probably are important to the whole issue of bullying, and that is teachers. What can teachers do, George? Firstly, document bullying incidents to show proof that bullying is a problem within the school, that it does exist in the school. So if you're talking to uh, the administrators, the principals, the vice principals about coming up with potential bullying prevention programs in the school, you can say, this is what I've witnessed. This is how often I've witnessed it. This is now a problem because of this. So to really go into that meeting or into the principal's office or to, her, to whoever you're speaking with and say, look right here, this is all of the things that I've seen. We really need to do something about this. You know, it's compromising the safety of the school. And so we need to be assertive and take action and, and we need to come up with bullying prevention initiatives or workshops or programs or whatever the case may be, whatever is a suitable fit for the school and start to take action. So in my teaching practicum last year at a high school, I saw bullying happening. And for me, I wanted to take action in a way where I was going to make my entire grade 11 classes responsible in terms of changing the social climate of your school. So what I did was, it, it really worked well because I was teaching a social science class. So 
the topic sort of seemed to fit. So what I did was I brought in a motivational speaker, a friend of mine, and he's also a really great expert on issues affecting youth, especially bullying. And he came in and did a workshop with the students. It was also, it was on bullying and LGBTQ acceptance. And he did a lot of amazing, fun activities with them. And I think the best thing was to have somebody come into the classroom and have them share their story about what they went through when they were being bullied. And it also changed things up in the classroom and provided a great new perspective on what happens when people bully. And for me, this was a great way to get everybody involved, to get everybody to start thinking about what is happening, and also a great way to ensure that we are moving one step forward in changing the climate of the school into one that you know is more about empathy and understanding and acceptance. So that's one of the things that I did. So if I couldn't necessarily do something that could affect the entire school right away. At least I knew I had control over what I could do in my classroom, and that would be a great way to start. And then bring that workshop that you did or whatever you did to the attention of administrators and see if you can do something that would involve the entire school and get the entire school active and conscious, socially conscious about issues that are affecting themselves. Also, teachers... I would suggest is try to make your lessons relevant to the lives of your students. It can be difficult sometimes, but I can also it also can be very very easy to just sit down and think about it. And the one thing that I would suggest that teachers do is get to know the community that your school is located. Walk around the streets, see what's available, see if there are community centers close by that you can grab resources from or direct students to that you think would would really appreciate something like that. You can't make your lessons relevant if you don't know who your students are and take the time to get to know them. And so this is all about collaborating with parents as well, community centers and organizations, and get everybody involved, not just solely within the school, but try to get parents and community involved within the school to help make a difference. So those are some of the things that teachers can do to help ensure that their school and their community is safe. Excellent advice, George. You're an inspiration and uh, you're going to make a a great teacher. I I think everybody that's listening to this will agree. So listen, I know we're going a little uh, long on this, so I think we should probably finish this up, but it's a topic that it's so important. There's so many angles to it and the like, but I'd like to thank you, George, for everything you do as well as coming on this show as well, uh, talking about this. And the action that we would like everybody to take is to be more positive in general, to do the advice that we've gone through here, but in particular, also with regard to cyber space, is to actually go and on September 4th, if you're listening to this before that date or the beginning of school for the area that you're in, I know a lot of the world is already back to school, at least some of the parts of the world and other parts of the world are just about to start. And also it's relevant for every day still as well, not just the beginning of school, but to be much more positive on the social networks. And right today, after you finish listening to this podcast, go out there on your Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever environment you're in, express something positive, particularly to a student that may be going through a really challenging time the first days of school, and more generally, uh, be more positive as well, which is also consistent with the theme of this overall podcast series. So George, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. So everyone join Cyber Compassion Day. I can't wait to see all the messages on September 4th. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, George. And thanks to all of you for listening. That's it for now. Talk to you next time.
and bye for now.